This is the Pathways Project. I'm your host, Brian Walker. And over my 30-year career, I've met so many amazing professionals in the aviation industry. The one question I've always asked is, how did you get here? These are the stories of the people in our industry. Our guest today is an Air Force veteran and CFI for Spartan College of Aeronautics and Technology in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mr. Aaron Young. Aaron, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Mr. Brian Walker. Thank you How's so much going, for having man? me. Everything is going really well. I can't complain. Good. Um, great day. I'm flying, so I can't complain with that. Awesome. Um, awesome. You, uh, you have any plans for Thanksgiving? No plans. I'm actually going to be here in Tulsa. Uh, yep. My mother is in Los Angeles, California, so she's going to be there for Thanksgiving. Um, yep. Maybe next year I'll make it back. I just want to try to fly as much as possible um, and get these hours. Copy that. Are are you guys uh, are you guys open on Thanksgiving Day? We are not open on Thanksgiving Day. However, we are open the day before and the day after. Check. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, Aaron, I appreciate you being on the show. Why don't you uh, start us off? Just take us back, all the way back. Where did you uh, Where did you grow up? I, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, a single mom, couple brothers. Uh, parents were from Belize, so we always kept it kind of like really close with each other. We didn't know too much people um, other than the people in our household. Um, but, yeah, grew up gotcha. in L.A. What, so what, what, when, did they, uh, when did they move uh, from Belize up to well, the U.S.? there's a nice little age gap between my parents. Um, so they moved here at different times. So my father moved when he was about 15, 16 um, with okay. his mom, and he, was, he resided in New York. When my mother first moved to this country, she was about 21, and she went to the Chicago area. Years down the line, a couple life experiences yeah. later, they both ended up in Los Angeles, and they met yeah. through my grandmother's sister on my Get father's out. side. I know, right? Small world. That's that's fantastic. So are were they from the same town in Belize or just different parts of the country? No, they're in different parts of the country. It's not too far, about a 45-minute bus ride. Okay. Um, my mom's a little bit more north in Belize, and my father is not okay. too far from the city, but he's a little bit more inland. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, very cool, man. So going back to when you were a kid, when was and what was the spark that got you interested in aviation? Well, I didn't get interested in aviation until as a young adult. Um, like you said, I'm an Air Force veteran, so my first interest was to serve. Um, and it's not just serve my country. I just have a desire to to serve people, to be of assistance to people that I feel like could use some help. Um, and yeah. I get that from my mom. She's a caregiver. So I've been around that kind of mentality my whole life. She takes care of people for a living. Um, so, yeah, that was my first interest. And that brought me mm -hmm. to the military. While I was in the military, gotcha. I was a paralegal. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was a part of the, the JAG Corps, so we did a lot of military justice stuff, the court marshals, Article 15s for those who've been in the military. Um, they will know what I'm talking about. But a lot of punitive stuff yeah. is essentially the JAG Corps is like the military equivalent to the DA's office. Um, okay. So I, gotcha. I did that. Um, right. And then it was then where I found my interest for aviation. Um, flying planes was cool. Uh, but mm -hmm. air, air traffic control sparked my interest at first because uh, it was the government agency. I like government. Um, oh, no so that Yeah, that sparked my interest, and I got into that. I got hired by the FAA. I tried that for a little less than a year. However, um, I couldn't see myself doing that job for 20 years. It was a great job. 
it filled yeah. in the blanks. It, it allowed me yeah. to feel like I was a part of something bigger than myself. It allowed me to do something I felt was really important, help others. Yeah. Um, however, it's just not something I could do on a day-to-day basis. Maybe part-time, but going into a room with no windows, ugh, I couldn't see myself it. doing it long-term. Got it. Got it. So let's go back. Let's go back to high school. So you're in high school. It, was the Air Force something that uh, you had had thought about before, or were you, were you thinking just any branch, or what? Uh, what what drew you to the Air Force? Um, the reputation drew me to the Air Force. Uh, it had a it had a reputation for, and I, and I'm not saying this to say that the other branches doesn't have just as intelligent people as the Air Force. But on the civilian side, the Air Force has a reputation for having like some of the smartest people in the military. So that brought my, uh, that caught my attention and it made me interested in Air Force. I started looking up the lifestyle. I started looking up their mission and what they focus on. Um, And I was just really eager to go in. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, I just joined. It was on a whim. I thought about it for a little while, but it's not something I talked about with my mother, I just uh, came home one day and I said I was going to the Air Force. Outstanding! You made uh, you were you made a recruiter's job really easy then when you walked really? out to uh, <laughs> to get everything done. Like, oh, yeah. I want to make your day really easy today. Um, I find I find my employers. I, uh, they don't. Rec- I haven't been recruited ever in my life. I go That's and fantastic. find people and I speak with them and I say I'm interested. It was the same way with Spartan. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, all right, so. You, you you sparked my interest because you mentioned ATC and you uh, yes. you breezed through it like it like it wasn't even a, a big deal. But I, I you so did, when did you apply uh, to uh, to go to ATC school? Was this while you were in the Air Force or was this no. after? This is after right. the Air Force. So I applied okay. um, because it's so hard to get that position. And I just applied yeah. just to apply because I wanted to see what the application process was like. Um, right, right. So I just applied just to see what it was like and get my like get some experience on that whole process. I want to say I applied in 2019, and okay. I was at the academy in 2020 of January. 2020 of January. So you didn't wait that long to get the call. No, no, it, it, it wasn't that long. I got. I was fortunate. I was blessed. Um, they like yeah. their the procedures on like their hiring process. It comes with like a test, like a pre-employment test, but it's essentially just like an aptitude test. Um, I was yeah. fortunate enough to be able to score pretty high on that. And once I received my scores back, I, I felt kind of confident that I was going to get a call back. That's fantastic. Now, the, some of our uh, some of our listeners may not know what ATC school is like in Oak City. What uh, Can you kind of describe that? What What is the process like? What is the school like? What do you learn? What are you What are you going through? Uh, you're going a little bit through everything. It's almost like a basic training. Their job, in my opinion, is to weed out the people that can't handle stress. So once you get to the school, once you get to the academy, that's all already an achievement in and of itself because it's a hard process to get hired on. But when you get right. there, it's not all about intelligence. It's about being able to handle stress on a day-to-day basis and being able to make the right decision um, in a mm-hmm. short amount of time and being able to learn an entirely new skill set also within a short mm-hmm. amount of time. So going there, you may have mm-hmm. the feeling that they want you to fail, but that's not necessarily the case. They just want the, the right people to be in a position because if you're not familiar with what air traffic controllers do, the mm-hmm. simplest way to put it is they are the managers of the sky. 
Pilots may be the mm-hmm. ones operating individual aircraft. However, ATCs has a bird eye view on everyone, and their job mm-hmm. is to um, apply regulations where they need to be applied and to make sure everybody's following certain rules and procedures. Got it. Got it. So what kind of tests were they giving you to kind of weed out the uh, uh, the folks who, who may not be able to hack it? Uh, well, you got like the book test, um, knowledge-based test where you like study and you answer regular questions, um, just like mm-hmm. at college or something like that. And then they have mm-hmm. scenario-based tests where, okay, if you can answer the questions and apply it on paper, let's see if you could apply it um, in real life. So they have like a big setup where they have like they hire a whole lot of people to like mm-hmm. um basically be what do they call it on the other side of the screen reading out mm-hmm. procedures reading playing a role as if they're like okay. pilots and then you did you're simulating as an air traffic controller in real life mm-hmm. situations um and then you have an examiner evaluator that's just looking to make sure that you're making the right calls when you need to make it um keeping a big thing is uh what is it? Spacing, keeping the uh, spacing and making like the right radio calls, transferring people when they need to be transferred. Um, so it's just things like that. Very cool. So uh, towards the end of your school, is that when they uh, approached you and said, "Okay, here are your three choices or four choices?" And uh, did you, what what choices were you offered in terms of location? Well, it's basically depending on where you rank. You're going to pick mm-hmm. a location. Um, okay. And like maybe a week before you graduate, they have like a, a available list for uh, mm-hmm. available locations for your class. Um, so okay. a lot of the places, I think there was like an Oakland Center on there, Minneapolis uh-huh. Center, Indianapolis Center. Um, those are the three that I remember. New York Center. Okay. Yeah. Which ones, uh, which ones were you interested in at the time? I was interested in... Oakland. Oakland. Kind of yeah. get you back closer to home and or kind of get back closer to home. home. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Sir. Absolutely. Where were you based uh, there in the Air Force? Sorry, I, I should have asked that earlier. But oh, no. Where were you um, based out of? I was based in a few places. Uh, my first, not including where I trained at, but my first mm-hmm. station was Joint Base Langley Eustis at uh, Langley Air Force Base. Um, okay. I was there for about three years. Within that three years, I deployed. Um, to a location in Southeast Asia, uh, went back to Langley Air Force Base, finished up that three-year term. Um, okay. Then I went to Insulik Air Base in Adana, Turkey. And then from there, wow. I went to D.C. for and finished my last year. So I went to Joint got Base it. Andrews, the Presidential Support Base. Got it, got it. So did you go back to California in between the Air Force and, uh, and Oak City or... No. Um, after the Air Force, I went to college in Baltimore, Maryland, at Loyola, Maryland. Oh, very, I did that. Cool. very cool. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years, and then I decided I wanted to get into aviation. Gotcha. gotcha. I thought that I was going to do, because I was a paralegal for six years, so I, I wanted to see right. if, I thought that I was going to apply my knowledge and go to law school, but it wasn't, yeah. I didn't see my, I didn't see that as a lifestyle I wanted. I, I didn't see it, me being around people that, um, I wanted to be around being in the military yeah. and then going to like a, just a regular college and you, you're, you're surrounding yourself with people and you see their lifestyles. And especially with yeah. law, you, you come to a, a certain mindset, like, man, people in law are like, really like they do the right thing and really conservative. And I don't know. That's my, that was my opinion. But then going to train sure. with these people, studying with these people, I was like, 
maybe it's not like what I thought. <laughs> so gotcha. I like, oh, gotcha. Want something a little different. Right, right, totally, totally. Okay, so you, uh, so did you go ahead and pick? Uh, so you picked Oakland Center. Yeah, um, Is that right? Well, well, after I got my job offer, I decided I didn't want to go and do that because at that point I was wasting time because the gotcha. things that I was applying with air traffic control, I wouldn't uh -huh. be applied with anywhere else. So it was one of those decisions. Yeah. Um, it was going to be, am I going to go through with this and move mm -hmm. there? Because I. I wanted Oakland, but I wasn't going to get Oakland. I was going to get Indianapolis. So I was like, what, am I going to move there when I didn't right. want to move there? Because I thought I was going to get Oakland. Because Oakland is one of those places where um, nobody wants to go because of the high cost of living. So I was like, gotcha. I was kind of like set on going to Oakland. I was, and when I didn't sure. get that, I was like, am I going to pick up and move somewhere I don't want to move for like five, six years? Right. And right. do a job that I didn't want to, that was like not making me happy. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, totally oh, understand I don't that. want to do that. Yeah, kind of. absolutely. So what was the feedback? I mean, did you get any pushback? Like, hey, man, you just went through this whole school, and now you're just you're checking out? Or what, what, did um, you get any flack from anybody? Or No, they were understanding. I got more flack yeah. from, from myself because it was one of those really hard decisions mm -hmm. that you think about, you cry about for a little bit. You're like, man, I just gave up yeah. a lot to put myself in this situation. Um, yeah. But it's one of those things where it's like I'm not thinking about money. I'm just thinking about happiness. I'm thinking about right. what what's really valuable to me at that point in my life. Do I want to go there and do I want to tough it out? Because like instructors are like, um, it's only going to be this stressful for like the first three years. And I'm like, mm -hmm. man, that's a long time to be really stressed out and unhappy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so like, totally. and that's the feedback. They're like, this is only going to be about three years. And I'm thinking about. Three years is a long time to feel feeling like this, um, but right. it's something that they incur on a day to day basis, uh, yeah. because yeah. the 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 stress levels of being an air traffic controller, as you could ask any air traffic controller, is like mm -hmm. enormous, and it, yeah. it's the reason that they make those gals and guys retire at fifty six. Yeah, gotcha. you know. Yeah. So it's just it. one of those things I wanted to I made just based on like just being happy and where I saw myself in a, like twenty years. Right, right. So you, uh, so you make the decision to uh, to discontinue ATC, and uh, where where do you find yourself now? Are you still living in DC or? No, I'm in um, Oklahoma, still, Tulsa. Oh, gotcha, so gotcha. So you're, literally, so you're still in Oklahoma. Yeah, literally, um, I was in OKC. After OKC, uh -huh. a week later, I was at Spartan. Get out. So what and was I, the process with that? So you did you see a position available, or uh, did they reach out to you? How how did that? Uh, not not necessarily a position, but you you saw the school and you were like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of this. Well, it's one of those things where for two days I sat mm -hmm. and cried about quitting my job like I did. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a job. So I sat down right. and like just processed that. And then that third day, yeah. I just looked for flight schools. I thought about what what else would I want to do? And I wanted to stay in yeah. aviation. There's only so many things in aviation. Um, I always right. wanted to fly, but flying is so expensive. Um, yeah. and the difference between ATC and being a pilot, the government will pay for you to train, right? Being right. a pilot, you have to pay to train. So that's the one of those things like, Ooh, how I'm going to pay for all this, how I'm going to live and primarily right. train. Um, yeah. but Spartan was right up the road, an hour drive. Um, so I just went up there and I applied. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. this was, this was right. Uh, was this right when COVID was getting ready to hit? Yeah, so it was uh, 
All right. Not as busy as it is now. Got it. Got it. So what, uh, I mean, did you, uh, what were you doing to, uh, did you work while you were, when you started out your training for your private or, uh, were you just cruising along and, uh, like, Hey, I've got, I've got the, I've got the funds to make this happen, live and, and train. What, uh, what, what did you do? Oh, I, I definitely had to work. Um, mm-hmm. so it was one of those things I, I just ha- like had to do. So my first job, yeah. I was a ramp agent at Piedmont airlines. Shout out to Piedmont. Nice. Great company. Nice. I really liked them. However, yeah. I uh-huh. started when COVID was going on. So right. the scheduling was a little bit different. Um, okay. As COVID, as the airline started to bounce back, um, mm-hmm. Pmart, the ramp agent schedule, they started to get a little more like how they were, how it was uh, before COVID. So it was on a shift basis and it was mm-hmm. seniority. So every like month or every two months, you have to bid, like bid on a new schedule. That right. became an right. issue because... Uh, Spartan is an accelerated program and mm-hmm. they require you to be there essentially like you should be flying four to five days a week. You have to complete at right. least four lessons. So that became kind of hard. Um, but then like one month I'm working from like mm-hmm. the middle of the night, which is great for me. The next yeah. month I'm working in the middle of the day, which I'm like, I can't actually fly. Right. Um, because right. yeah, because you still have ground class. So let's say for me, my ground class was from 8 to 10. And then mm-hmm. Piedmont wanted me to work from 12 to like 6. And I'm like, mm-hmm. holy crap, I can't fly this whole like couple months if I keep doing this. So I right. couldn't do that. Right. I had to get uh, find a job that was more consistent, more stable. And that landed mm-hmm. me on FedEx Express. Oh, very cool. So what did you do for FedEx? I was the, well, I started as a material handler. And three months later, I was the, um, I was a supervisor for the warehouse. Fantastic. And were you working overnights there? Yes. And it was the okay. same schedule every day. So that was so good. And I gotcha. love FedEx. Such a great company. Gotcha. I, uh, that, it, that's it. I had a similar situation when I was in college. I was, uh, I was working on the ramp for, uh, Air Wisconsin. Um, nice. and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, this is the, this is like the 1990s though. So this was like, you know, when Air Wisconsin was flying, you know, Bach 146s, four-engine regional jets and that. And, but we had, uh, we had to bid for our schedule as well, and I had to balance that with, uh, with my class schedule at, at school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ended up taking some weird shift from, like, 9 p.m. till midnight, you know, just closing <laughs> the last flight of the night. Man, yeah. that, you, brought, you brought me back there. You brought me back. Um, so uh, how long did it take you to finish uh, your private? My private, I want to say about three months. Okay. I think, wow. yeah, about three or four months, no more than four. But that's with yeah. weather, because I started in, no, wait, I started October. So okay. I was going through private um, during the winter. So we got a lot of got days it. where I couldn't actually do anything because the, the weather minimums are a little bit different. Um, okay. So I got hit with a little bit of that. So about three, three to four months. Yeah. And what was, what was the biggest challenge with that? I mean, you're going through an advanced, uh, you know, very, very fast program. What, what kind of challenges were you facing with that? That's a good question. Um, the challenges were to kind of for me personally and for anyone out there that's also going to work, because I, I, uh, I ran across a couple of older students that have to work essentially full-time because I was working 35 hours a week. Um, yeah. Bouncing. 
finding you time. Yeah. Um, and, and the you time is important because uh, it allows you to keep on doing what you're doing at a level that you want to do it at to best represent yourself. So finding that you time, because with me, I was going, like, let's say when I was uh, going to CFI class, um, mm-hmm. Sunday night, I was uh, at FedEx from about, I think I got there around like 8. Um, mm-hmm. I'll leave at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. on Sunday. I will leave at around 5.30 a.m. on Monday. I'm in class right. from 8 to 12 at Spartan. Wow. And then from 12 to about like maybe 2, I'm doing like fight activities. Um, yeah. And then I have to be back at work at 6. My and gosh. It, and then I'll be at work from about 6 to 12. So I was just like trying to be able to balance like work, be able to balance school, be able to balance mm-hmm. flying. Um, sleeping yeah. and eating and all that. And I know it's like sounds silly that I'm saying sleeping and eating, but trying to find time to sleep and eat. <laughs> it's like yeah. it, it gets a little tough sometimes when you're like doing so much on a consistent basis. Got it. So that was you the biggest time. Yeah, do you ever have a time where you're like, I, I just I can't do it today. I'm I'm too exhausted. It's just not gonna be safe. Um, not at all. No. Never canceled any no. of my flights due for safety. Now, let's got say it. if I was sick or not feeling well, that's different, but I don't get sick very often. Um, got it. But, no, I never – because I, I always was out here for a purpose. Just like for me not going home for the holidays, it's like I really take what I do very seriously. I mean, you can yeah. ask any of my students. I'm like – they might hate me sometimes because I work them really hard. But I, yeah. I work them really hard because, like, they're my priority right now. Like, my job sure. is what I'm, I'm doing in total. So that's, that's my focus right now. Um, for sure. For sure. So. Um, what, uh, so you get through your private, you're working on your instrument. Um, it, it, how, how does that go? How, did, how, how long does it take you to get your instrument ready? Instrument was about another, just like, I don't know, about two months, three months. I think because I, I did everything in from like nothing to CFII in 18 uh-huh. months. Um, so wow. everything was about like that three month mark. Yeah. Around three That's or four incredible. months. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you uh, what do you work and you, you have your commercial? Yes, you have your commercial. You yes, I have my <laughs> have my private instrument, <laughs> commercial yeah. single, commercial, commercial multi CFI, CFWI. Outstanding. What's been, what was the most challenging rating uh, for you so far? CFWI. Yeah, um, just because it was at the end. <laughs> And yeah. once you get to the end, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm just tired of doing all of this stuff. Just please give me my CFII. Right, I just, right. I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to stop training. I'm, I was, like, eager to start working. Um, but it was just that one rating that I was like, before I could start working, I had to get this done. And it was, like, right. the end of that 18 months. And it was just like, oh, I just want it. It's like the senior year of high school. You're just like, yeah. I'm almost there. <laughs> I'm almost there. Yeah. Um, how many uh, so how many students do you have right now? I have six right now. Six right now. Good deal. Yes, what sir. what uh, so where are they at on their uh, on their training so far? Well, I have two of them that I took from private to private pilot license. So mm-hmm. two of them uh, are in instrument. I have another one that started in instrument. He's he's at the end of instrument. So hopefully, okay. He he uh, we can get him through within the next couple of weeks. Um, yep. So that's three of them. And I have one of them is a part 61 student because okay. Spartan is a part 141 program. However, they still have part 61 students. So I have a part 61 okay. student in private. Then I Got have it. another student 
that. And I have two more students in private. So I have uh, about three students in private, three students in instrument. Got it. Got it. So how often do you get new students? I haven't had a new student in a couple months. Okay. Um, Yeah, I haven't had a new student in a couple months. Gotcha. Gotcha. So do you have to offload one and and get them off your... uh, uh, off your plate before they'll give you another one? Is six the max that they'll give you at any one time? or That's the question you have. I'll have to I'm ask myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, gotcha. my pay grade isn't up there yet, but uh, I'm right. just grateful for the students I do have. I work them a lot. Yeah. I'm making great progress. I will always, any instructor, and I, is this not me, any instructor will always say, I would love some more students. Because uh, I would it. love some more students, but even though I have my six students, I still uh-huh. fly with other students. Okay, I still, very they still cool. Schedule us with other students, so they're just not my responsibility. But the, we fly with anybody at Spartan, everybody at Spartan. Because when instructors take mm-hmm. their days off, the scheduling yeah. team will schedule like me with their students to make sure that they don't, they don't fall sure. behind to keep them Makes rolling. Sense. Yeah, how many instructors do you uh, do you work with there at Spartan? Mm. Well, I would say I work with everybody because it's like a, it's a like a, well-oiled machine. Um, right. So it's, it's just one team. I work with everybody. Uh, yeah. It's like a, it's a good amount of instructors, but it's not that many instructors. You see, you see everybody so often. It's like oh, it's not that much, but it's it's a good amount. Right. Of it. But we all work together because when yeah. they're not working and they have a student that they want to do certain lessons or get caught up on stuff or redo certain lessons. Um, yeah. we'll all reach out to each other and then they have like okay. the stage check airmen or the evaluator yeah. airmen that uh, kind of also guide guide us to make sure we do what we need to do got it got it very cool so how many hours are you up to right now I am at about 575 535 good deal five, so you'll uh, 575 575 even yes, better sir. Uh, <laughs> before I ask the higher gets I love it yes uh, sir so you're, I mean, you're going to be with an ATP men's by what, this time next year, you think? Absolutely. My goal is to be there by next October. Next October. Fantastic. I love it. Uh, so what's your, what's your future, uh, what's your future goal? Are you going airline or are you going corporate or what, what are your thoughts? I would like to go corporate. Um, okay. I value that more intimate service. Yeah. Um, I, I value the more intimate connections, uh, face-to-face encounters with customers rather than like the regionals and the airlines are amazing and they get great experience. They get great training, but I think yeah. I would like to be work or fly smaller groups of people just so you can have that more close relationship. Got it. Got it. What, uh, I guess, what kind of things are you using? What kind of, uh, reference, uh, material you are you using to keep up with the industry? Uh, especially the, uh, the commercial side of the industry, the 135, the 121. Google. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if Spartan, you know, would, would invite, uh, you know, uh, some folks over to uh, talk about, you know, hey, here's what, uh, you know, here's what, uh, you know, Piedmont can do for you. Here's what Air Wisconsin can do for you. Or here's oh, what, okay. uh, you know, I, I didn't know if they uh, invited people up to uh, talk about what the next step is for you all or. They absolutely do. But that's, that's more just like a, a recruiting, like a pitch. Like, why sure. you should come fly to us? And 
honestly, in my opinion, the regionals kind of offer the same thing. One may pay a couple dollars more per hour than the other one. Um, but if you look at all the regionals across the board, roughly they offer the same thing. Maybe gotcha. the only difference I've really seen is with the American Airlines subsidiaries, the PSA, Envoys, and Piedmont. Um, yes. They have a nice little commuter uh, package that they offer. Mm-hmm. Like they give a certain amount of paid hotels for if you choose to commute. But for yes. the most part, everything is pretty on par. The pay is pretty on par these days thanks to, what, Mesa. Um, yeah. The benefits are pretty good, so everything is pretty the same. Very cool, good stuff. So you and you mentioned uh, just a little bit ago about the uh, camaraderie you have with the other instructors and that you all work together. I mean, how important is that uh, to have a group? Because one of the common denominators for all the shows that that we've done so far on this podcast is everybody has a group of people that they can go to to talk about any issues they're having, any, uh, any stucks that they're on. What do you, I'm assuming when you're talking about that camaraderie with the other instructors, that's your group, right? Yes. And it's not the one great thing about Spartan. It's just not with the other instructors. It's also with Mm -hmm. the chiefs as well. Um, we have a great relationship because they're, they're pilots. So they understand Mm -hmm. there's, I'm always going into their office, bugging them about, um, radio calls that I've received and I just wasn't very certain on or after a more mm-hmm. seasoned explanation on what does this really mean when ATC says this and what can I expect? So it's just like yeah. literally, I can't stress enough as Spartan, everyone helps out. Um, and it just makes the working experience that much better because it makes us much more confident in knowing what we're going to do. That's fantastic. So uh, do you, one question I've got real quick is, uh, does Spartan have like an ASAP program? Uh, where you know if you if you if you mess up something then you uh, you can file a report you know similar like obviously to the NASA reports but uh, does Spartan have something like that? They yes they do. Um, Love that. I don't I don't abs- remember exactly what it's called, but okay. If let's say if I'm flying around and mm-hmm. I make a questionable decision and ATC like yells at me, um, mm-hmm. there is a way that I can go into the system. And anonymously put it in there before anyone else is told about it. So we do have stuff like that. Or let's say if, like, something, we did something with the aircraft, we'll just put that in the the system and let the chiefs know what's going on before, like, someone else calls and they have no idea what's going on. Very cool. So is is that what that program that you were referring to is like? Yeah, yeah. So uh, okay. I've I've worked at companies before. We have an ASAP program, and yeah, it's exactly that. If uh, okay. if you if you mess up, then you and and obviously if you if you mess up and you didn't try to mess up, uh, then it's a way for you to record. You know what happened? What were the conditions that happened? Uh, when it happened? Um, and and gives you an opportunity to put in all this data, and then they take that data. And then we use it for after after it's been redacted with with information that could identify the pilot. Then we use that for recurrent training. So we say, hey, you know, this pilot was put in this position and they did this and they did, uh, you know, they busted this altitude. But here were the conditions surrounding it. Let's train on that. Let's train on how not to do that. And um, I've done that with uh, with dispatchers, uh, with uh, dispatch teams as well. Uh, where we've we've we have the same thing where a dispatcher makes a mistake uh, they didn't put an alternate in uh, when the weather was uh, 
required ultimate, you know, an alternate to be put on there. Yes, sir. So we, you know, we'd go back and, and we'd, we'd train on that. So, uh, that we, we hit that really hard when I worked for uh, Com air back in, uh, back in the mid two thousands or, uh, and, um, around 2006, we had an ASAP program, uh, for the dispatchers and we would do exactly that. And, uh, it was, it was phenomenal training and, uh, it helped, it helped out a lot. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of ways to catch the gotchas, uh, that are just almost impossible to train on, uh, unless it's, it's, uh, you know, it's happened before. So that's, uh, that's fantastic stuff, man. I, I love, I love, uh, hearing about, uh, what, what these organizations do to improve safety. And, uh, it sounds like Spartan is on top of it. No, Spartan is definitely on top of it. Um, love it. I love it. I love the, I love working for the school. I'm so happy that I trained at the school because flying around, mm-hmm. Um, you encounter a lot of different part pilots and you, you see some of the decisions that they're making. And it's just like, man, you, you question it. Like, where did you train at? Why are you doing that? <laughs> and there's so a couple what, of times I have said yeah. that to myself. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right. So what, what kind of advice would you give somebody who is, uh, who's looking, who, who was Aaron Young back in 2020, they have zero time and they want to get involved what what kind of advice do you give? What 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 were some of the uh, the things along the way where you were like, you know what? If I had a chance to do that over, here's what I would have done. Or uh, any any kind of pitfalls that uh, that that people may not see when they're first starting out. Um, the biggest advice I could give you is to always remember that you're in a training environment and you're there to make mistakes. You're there to learn mm-hmm. from those mistakes so you can become a better pilot from those mistakes. Um, flying is going to be a long journey and it's going to be filled with ups and downs. And I always try to tell my students, like one of the most important thing is to manage those ups and downs. That means on the highs, don't let it get too high on a low. Don't let it get too low because you're like, you have a lot to do. There's going to be a lot of situations you have to go through. Um, and the best way to get through a program, especially an accelerated program is to stay level headed and to take everything, um, with a grain of salt, don't get too hard on yourself because, in my opinion, I think what makes a better, what makes a good pilot better is confidence. Obviously, you have knowledge and all that stuff, but confidence. Um, mm-hmm. And if you allow your downfalls to get you, like, to really um, mess up your confidence too much, I think it could really put you back. So let's say an example when we have stage checks. Mm-hmm. So a stage mm-hmm. check is essentially, let's say for private, we have three stage checks before you actually take your check ride. So a stage check mm-hmm. is the way for us to make sure students are um, learning things and in intervals that they should know at certain uh, times of their training. So mm-hmm. like some students will mess up on a stage check and the next thing you know, their confidence gets so low, they still have to redo this stage check, but now they're like kind of dragging their feet. They're like really nervous and it's just like, you can't let your mistakes define the kind of person you want to be. You have to, you, you make a mistake, um, you sit down, you can't be embarrassed by those mistakes, you learn from those mistakes, and then you go out there and do what you know you need to do. Yeah, yeah, that's huge, huge. Um, Aaron, I, uh, I, I've, got, I've got nothing else, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, you know, we met, uh, we met a couple months ago, and... Uh, Man, I uh, I wish you nothing but the best because I, I know we'll we'll stay in touch and uh, at some point uh, next year we'll uh, we'll do a follow up uh, episode with you and uh, see how you're coming along. See uh, 
see, you know, you can, you can whip out all the offers you've been given, uh, to go fly, uh, <laughs> and then you can brag about that a little bit. So, uh, I appreciate you. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. It's always a pleasure talking with you. It's always a pleasure um, to be associated with anything you have going on. And just to talk about aviation in and of itself is always fun. It's like yeah. we're, we're a part of what are dreams to a lot of people and a lot yeah. of places that they may not even be afforded the opportunity to do what we're doing right now. So it's just That's a pleasure right. to even sit down and talk about it and to be able to yeah. reflect on some of our experiences um, associated, associated with aviation. So. Thank you for allowing Absolutely. me to do that with you. Yeah, man, no worries. It's all about promotion and uh, and getting the message out there. So, uh, yes, sir. Uh, hey, listen, take care of yourself. Be safe, and uh, I hope you have a you know an enjoyable and, and quiet just one day, just one quiet day <laughs> of uh, for Thanksgiving, so you can uh, recharge your batteries and uh, yes, sir. go out there and uh, and just keep just keep uh, knocking it out. You as well. Thank you. All right, we'll do. Take care, everyone, and uh, we'll. Uh, We'll see everybody uh, next week. Uh, we're another uh, edition of uh, the Pathway Project. Take care.